Hey everyone, this is Amos for Just Being Amos Podcast. I have Trevor with me on this podcast, and we are going to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And also, I'm going to give a review of a book called Zumbin by Titan One Studio. I hope you guys enjoy. Hey everyone, this is Amos for Just Being Amos Podcast. Uh, I have my guest today is Trevor. Hey, how you doing? It's been a while, Trevor. It's been a while since you did a podcast in general. Yeah, it's been a while, man. It's been <laughs> been a couple of, man, on my podcast. I've been on other people's podcasts. That's right, you were just on Brad's. Uh, yeah, I was on um, Epic Review Podcast, you know, it was great. Um, but I have, not, I have not done my podcast in a while. So, this podcast is di- directly dealing with Guardian of the Galaxy Volume 2, which I've already been out for two weeks already. So I'm, I'm two weeks late, whatever. You know, it's going to be spoilers and everything. If you have not seen the movie, well, I'm sorry. Well, there you go. That gave everybody enough time to watch it. So yeah. now they're not disappointed by these spoilers. No, they're not. So it's two weeks past. And um, if you haven't seen the movie, I'm sorry, but I'm going to do spoilers. And also, I'm going to do my pick of a week for a comic book I picked out last week. I didn't get a chance to do it last week, but I'm going to start doing um, pick of the week as far as my comic book reviews now. Because it's all about what I really like enjoy, and comic, book, comic books are the thing that I enjoy reading and talking about. So don't you agree on that, Trevor? Well, yeah, generally it helps to talk about the things you like. Yeah, that's true, and that's why I started. A lot of people do bitch about the things that they don't like. And it is true. I do sometimes. <laughs> but if you want to make it fun and not just a bitch fest, yeah, you usually want to talk about the things you like. Yeah, if I want to get on a rant and say, oh man, fuck, fuck this and all that. But no, I'm not going to do that. Today, it's going to be a good thing today. We're going to talk about Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. So Trevor, my question to you, which did you really did you enjoy this movie? Or did you just say, oh man, another Marvel film? This movie sucked. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. No, I, <laughs> I loved it. I'm I'm not sure if I would say it's better than the first one, which, well, just to remind people in case you haven't listened to me on any of the other podcasts when we discuss Marvel movies, Guardians of the Galaxy was like is like my favorite Marvel movie. So it's one of my top, my top, um, even one of my top movies in general that I enjoy watching. So it's really hard to top that one. And there were a lot of things about this one that were really good, but it wasn't quite at the same level until about the last 15, 20 minutes. Then it gives it a good run for its money. You know, I think the movie had a lot of, it had a lot of building that it had to do in order to hit that emotional high at the end to make it, you know, to pay off. Right. And so it, it kind of was a little bit slower, but then it like, it hit its stride right at the end. So... I don't know whether I would say it's worse than the first one or not, but I mean, I still really enjoyed it. I loved it. I mean, I'm going to say something about the movie. What I really, I really enjoyed the movie. I, it was fun and entertaining, and it had its ups. I mean, to me, the first movie, Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one was totally different from what Marvel has put out at that time. 
You know, you got a talking raccoon, a talking tree. You have this this misfits. All oh, barely talking tree. Barely talking. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's got a very limited three, vocabulary. <laughs> three words. So, you know, it's it was something different, you know. And the thing is, when it came out, you know, I'm always the fan of the comic book. And, you know, and you never read the comic book that no, much. No, I haven't really read the comic book before. So when the movie came out, like, man, they're doing this movie. And it was something totally different. And it was a gamble that Marvel oh, did. It was a total gamble. Because I remember when... I remember when they first announced it, I was like, Guardians of the Galaxy? What are they doing? What are they thinking? That seems really dumb. And then, you know, I started looking into the information as it was coming out, and then I saw the trailer, and uh, I was like, that was suddenly my the movie I really wanted to see. It was my most anticipated movie of the year, and it did not disappoint. And, you know, and like I said, it was different, and when I seen Volume 2, and I liked it, I mean, it's, it's two different movies. Honestly, there's two different movies. You know, the first movie, you're just finding, um, they're just finding, finding themselves as a team, you know. Now, right. the second movie, I took it as a family-themed movie. Right. You know, everyone had their moments in the movie, you know. Star-Lord and his father. You have Gomorrah and Nebula. You have Drax and Mantis. And you have Yondu and Rocket. Right. And Groot in the middle. You know, and Groot also. Well, Groot is like, is the baby. Baby, right. Because he's, he's become a baby. So you see the way he interacts with the rest of the group. And, you know, they're always like, you know, hey, Groot, buckle up. Or, you know, you see where, you know, he's like sleeping on Drax's shoulder. Or, you know, they're, you know, they're always trying to take care of him. They're like, you know, Groot, you're going to get hurt. Get out of the battle. What are you doing? <laughs> you know, but yeah, he's like, he's like the baby that they all kind of look out for and take care of at this point. And I, um... I really like the dynamics, um, the, the relationship with Yondu and Raccoon. That was pretty touching a little bit because both characters had the same background. They went through a whole lot, you know. Like Rocket was experimented on, put together. Yondu told his past and everything. He was a slave and stuff like that. You never his parents, you know. It they all had like better, um, bad past. You know what I'm saying? As going up, going through life, right? And I kind of, kind of get it. It's, it was a. It, it came together as a family, right? Well, I mean the, that's kind of the whole theme of the second movie. Like the first movie was, yeah, the team of misfits coming together and kind of becoming friends, right? And then the second movie kind of was like them solidifying themselves as family and working out certain family issues. So yes, every single thing in that movie touched on family. You know, that was the main theme of this movie. You know, even when Yondu, um, spoiler alert for you guys who have not seen the movie yet, um, Yondu was part of the Ravagers, um, um, what you call them? It was part of a Ravager, it was a collective well, group. He was one of the, yeah, he was one of the Ravager groups. There's group. about like 50 of them 50 or something, 50 of them I something, think. right? And he broke the code. Right. And he broke the code by helping Star-Lord dad get, um... His illegitimate kids, kidnapping, kidnapping, and shuttling children, which is not good, guys. I mean, regardless of what galaxy right. you're from, so, so whatever. even even though the Ravagers are a bunch of thieves, they have a code, and you know, isn't it kind of funny though? Among thieves, they have a code. Well, yeah. Honor among thieves. Yeah. I mean, it's a common thing, but usually there's certain lines. You'd, it's like you know, you'll rob somebody, you'll do whatever, but you know, you don't. 
you don't deal in slaves. You don't deal in kidnapping. You don't deal in you know things like that because right. that's kind of crossing a you know a major line. Um, but yes, so he broke the code, and then as a result, he was kicked out of the Ravager family. He's become an outcast. So it, it, there's a family dynamic there as well, and so you know part of his struggle is trying to do right and fix the mistakes he made in order to be accepted again as a ravager you know whether he's consciously really trying to do that or but that's one of the themes that's brought up is that's part of his journey yeah i got another thing i got to say too i mean i think it was on the internet and how people say that the mcu as far as the villains are lacking in villains whatever they because they are like one shot pony. I mean, it's just they're they're they do have a bit of a villain problem in that they're very shallow and you know not always as well defined. But yeah, it's it is tricky when it's like you only have one villain per movie and then you destroy him at the end of each movie and then you have to start over again on the next one. And but not like for this movie here, and my pers- my perspective was this that my my thinking and me I'm watching the movie is that. Ego was a villain, but that was like kept it close to the end of the movie. But they were dealing with the sovereignty, you know, with um, sovereign. sovereign. I mean, sovereign. Yeah. I'm sorry, sovereign. And they were dealing with them because of Rocket stealing batteries, being Rocket. Right. You know, and that's also was they are also villains. So you had actually two villains in the movie. Right. And and, and you no know, Marvel usually don't do too well yeah. <laughs> as far as having too many villains in the movie. Yeah, I mean I wouldn't necessarily say that the sovereign were villains so much as they were just antagonists or you know, a, a nemesis because they were just They're pissed to, off, man, to be honest. They're pissed off, exactly. But that leads into the another question is I mean, if anyone's seen the end, I mean the end credits, that leads to the next movie. Yeah. They we will see we almost Definitely. Assuredly, we'll see them again. Yeah. Or at the very least, we'll see, you know, their new creation. Right. Adam, Adam. as they say. If for those who don't know, Adam Warlock is a character in the Marvel um, comic book. He was part of the um, Infinity Watch. He once held the Infinity Gauntlet once upon a time, and right. he couldn't hold it, whatever. And that's another story within itself. He's kind of, if, I, I'm not very familiar with him, but... From what I understand, he's kind of like a space Jesus. He's a messiah. It's, yeah, it's like that's the idea behind him. So we'll see what they do with him in the next movie. Yeah, we but, hope. I hope they don't go too far with that. Right. You but know. you know, we're we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Right. We're, now we're talking about the third movie. Yeah. Right. We're talking about this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I really, like I said, I really enjoyed the movie, and I went to see it twice. I know you went to see it I've twice seen too. It twice. Yeah. You know, I usually try if it's a movie that I really like, I try to go see it twice. And people say, why do you see it twice, Amos? Because I can. Do they say it just like that? Why do you see it twice, Amos? Because I can. Because you know what I like. You know. But, I mean, that's how it is with me. So, if it's a movie that I really like, I'll probably see it twice. Or I like... I couldn't see Logan twice. But, matter of fact, it's coming out next week on Blu-ray and DVD. Right. I hope it's Blu-ray and DVD. But, but that's another topic I did a long time ago. Focus, Amos. Focus. I got the focus. But, uh, you know, it did well in the past two weeks. So I think it made $600 million so far in the two weeks. Oh, yeah. It's been doing really well. So $600 million, It's ahead of its predecessor as far as making money worldwide. Right. And also, I mean, this week is Aliens. Covenant. 
Alien Covenant. Covenant, and uh, I'm not going to see that. But it, I think it's going to get a um, billion dollars within a month is over with. That's, I'm, it might get that. That's a good. It's got a good shot. So, anything else that you really enjoyed about the movie, the characters and stuff like that, Trevor? Well, I mean, that's. I think that's one of the things. I mean, there's a lot of things about them that I like. Um, the characters, uh, you know, first and foremost. Um, you know, I think, so I think we should touch on the characters a little bit. Um, I definitely like the humor, you know, the soundtrack and the way it's used in the film is always good. So I think we should definitely talk about, yeah, the music. And by the uh, fact, my, I, I bought it, you know, I had to get it. I mean, cause listening to the music, uh, on this, in the movie, in certain scenes, it kind of fit that moment. That same that music. I think yeah. James Gunn did an excellent job as placing. Yeah, he the, did. He did a you know he did a great job in the first one and then yeah and I, but he probably did an even better, um, even better in the second one. Uh, and, and he's even he even like, in many ways he actually included some songs into, thematically into the movie. Like Brandy right. is a specific example. I right. Mean, they even have a whole conversation about that song. And about it, how, you know, even Ego ego mentions to Peter that they're kind of like the sailor in that song where it's like, you know, their heart may belong to the girl or, you know, they may be in love with the girl, but their heart belongs to the sea. That's who their true love really is. So they have to wander among the stars. They can't settle down. Or hey, I, I, I like what you, the way you said that because in one scene, you know, when Rocket was left on the planet and he was fixing the ship and everything like that, they played Southern Nights. Right. You hear him humming, humming and everything. It's so hilarious the beat of the mo- uh, the song and how it's hilarious. It's just how he up and down. He, he, it's just it's the way it fit. It fit that yeah, scene. It, it totally fits. And it fit. And even when he was playing Sam Cooke, he wanted to dance with Gamora. Um, I'm like, oh wow. See, Sam Cooke is one of the um, artists my dad used to listen to when I was a kid. I'm like, yeah. man, I mean, I remember this song. And it kind of those t- kind of memories when you listen to music like that, that it brings back memories of your childhood. I mean, if you're into that, I, mean, I, yeah. I hadn't heard a lot of those songs much before. I have, but I mean, I've been listening to the soundtrack on repeat the last several days. Yeah, so, I have too, man. In the car, but, <laughs> but I mean, like in particular, um, you know, I I liked the way they used uh, "Come a Little Bit Closer." Um, during that scene with Yondu, pretty much taking out all of his that was bad all of the Ravagers that betrayed him. Yeah. And, you know, they play the whole song through as, you know... You hear the lyrics of that song? Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, <laughs> uh, Man, Jose. Yeah. yeah. Watch out for Jose. Watch out um, for Jose. But then, and then at the end, like during, spoiler alert, uh, Yondu's funeral, right. they play Father and Son by Cat Stevens, which, I mean, nails it emotionally. That, it just, that one hits home, like... Because it was kind perfectly. of amazing that... Um, they had a Zoom. You remember the Zoom? Uh, yeah. yeah, it was it was kind of a <laughs> competition with the iPod. Yeah, the, yeah. I had to explain. I had to explain that one to my kids because they didn't get that joke. They were like, "What was the deal with the Zoom?" And I was like, "Okay." Yeah, it lost to the yeah, iPod. Back when the iPod came out, there was Microsoft had the Zoom, which right. you know faded out of existence. Did not. Uh, was not successful. It was not successful at all. But it was kind of touching to see Groot and um, Star Lord Lap playing that song. Right, and, and uh, you, sh- you shared the uh, the thing. That's that's um. Go ahead with that, and then I'll and then I'll 
bring in another thing. Like, yeah, and that like was kind of interesting too to play that song while Groot was on his lap. And, you know, like you said, it was father to son. Right. You know, and it was I'm pretty good. I'm not gonna sit there and lie, man. When they did that, I'm like, damn, that's kind of kind of sappy, man. But then again, like it's 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 good. It is. It was I mean, good. it starts out like you're like, oh, this is a little sappy. But then you know, as it builds up and. You know, you have the funeral going on and the fireworks and then the rest of the Ravagers show up. And, you know, I kind of get a little misty-eyed every time. Um, what's that? Sean Gunn's character? Sean Gunn, yeah. <laughs> what, what's his name? Craig? Craigan, isn't Craig, it? Craglin? Craglin, Craglin. It was a K. And, yeah, and he's like, yes! He's like pounding his chest. He's like, man, like, I get you, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. so happy. And then, like, that last scene where it just shows... I mean, this is... I find this, like, amazing that... The last, the last, like, of legitimate scenes before all the end credit stuff that you see... Right. ...is a close-up of Rocket crying. Crying, yeah. And it gets you. And he's a fucking CG character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> and he was crying. He was. You and I had a friend I had a friend say, he, you know, he actually cried, like, just, when that happened. Because, like, you know what, at your, like you said, at the end, 20 minutes, late, close to the end of the movie, it got so emotional, man. Yeah. It really did. And like I said before, and it's just so much going on in the movie, man. But at the close to the end of the movie, it got so emotional because you felt the characters' feelings and how they felt and doing the whole thing, you know, with the sibling rivalry, you know, with Gamora and Nebula. We, you know, you have one sibling better than the other sibling, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's jealous of another, but doesn't see that she is trying her best. You know, to like top her and, and all of Gamora sees is beating the shit out of all the time, you know. Not, and every time well, she beat no, her. Well, G- Gamora saw it as she was just trying to sur- Well, she was just trying to survive. And her yeah. way of surviving was, was beating her. I need to win. And with Thanos. But meanwhile, Nebula just wanted a sister. And then every time she lost, Thanos. she ended up losing a piece of herself. So, yeah, she he's was kind of treated like shit. He's a bastard. Oh, man. he's a terrible dude. Man, he's a bastard. Which, dude. yeah, just kind of. You know, we didn't see a whole lot of him in the other movies, okay. except he's just kind of sitting in a chair making Which other people do thing. his stuff. But, you know, learning what he's done to his own daughters, right? you know, so, uh, you know <laughs> the, one, the ones he kidnapped and forced to be his daughters in the first place, Damn. you know, kind of puts a little bit more into perspective just how much of a jackass he really is. How you think of, he's a jackass? He's well, a, he's a he's dick. Beyond, he's beyond a jackass. He's a dick. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's... He's a monster. He really he is. is. And you will see more of that in Infinity well, War. in Infinity War, we should see more of him. So, um, But yeah, it, it puts a little bit more, you know... Uh, it gives us a little bit more insight into just the how real, the terrible... Well, yeah. the relationship and how terrible of a you know, person he is. You know, and speaking of jokes, man. Oh, my God. Yo, man, Drax... And the the I'm sorry, man. It was some raunchy jokes in there, dude. That's Seriously, everywhere. it was, man, with the penis thing. And I like, I'm like, dude. Seriously, dude. If my penis did have a hand, <laughs> yo, I can win. And then Rocky about talking about no, the mushy turds. I'm sorry, Drax turds, man. I have infamously <laughs> large turds. <laughs> So it was that kind of humor, man, that really made the fun, the movie fun to watch. And with with what's going on now, man, you need some humor, and you know, it, I really enjoyed it. That, that well, humor. yeah, I mean, it continued a lot of the humor from the first movie, and you know, these are very, yeah, uh, these ones are very much more raunchy, more you know what. Um, type characters with their jokes, and yeah, yeah, even Drax got in on it, and that was 
Drax was just great, you know. In the first movie, Drax was okay. I liked him. You know, I liked the fact that he never, you know, he never he took everything so literally. But he seems to start understanding. Yes. He's getting things now, and so he's actually making jokes. But it's like a lot of the times, what makes it so damn funny is the fact that he's just being completely serious and straightforward. <laughs> yeah. And so, and just the way he's saying it is like. It's like he's tone deaf, but he's like, like with Mantis, it's like you are horrifying. <laughs> you're so honest. Like, the, the sound he made. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I tried to be nice to you, but I don't want to get. I don't find you attractive. <laughs> what are you doing? Sorry, I was just imagining what it would be like to be with you physically. <laughs> man, but it's just the fact that man just. The interaction what he had with everybody was just ridiculous, dude. Yeah. But you know, he he came to his own. Dave David Batista with that Drax character, man. I really like. I really enjoy his take on Drax. Yeah, because in a comic, it's not like he's that. He's definitely it, a much different character, character. Than from the comic book. In yeah. the character, I mean, the comic, he's just kind of a straightforward like muscle guy. Yeah, very serious. Kill Thanos, very, that's his mission. Mean, that's his thing. He's just yeah. Um, so they. You know, they gave him much more personality and personality quirks and things like that. It, and it works. Yeah, and you know, I really do enjoy what he's doing with him. It really works, man. I really, like I said, really enjoy his character, man. And also, I also enjoy Rocket. Oh, of course, I like Rocket. Now, Rocket, I always love Rocket. He's now we get to understand why the Rocket the way he is, because he's right. been treated like crap his entire yeah. life, and so it's more of a, um, a shield. He's hiding that. From all that sarcasm and being a badass and everything, but it's a shield. Well, that's the thing is I've always I've always understood Rocket because I kind of I kind of get that perspective. Yeah. Um, you know, I've I kind of was like that growing up, where I was kind of like you know, not completely an asshole, but I was you know I kept I Your distance I kept people at an arm's length yeah. on purpose because I didn't want to get hurt, and um, so I, I get that type of character. Um, so yeah, that I do sympathize with Rocket, but yeah, it was nice to see. Yeah, he's he's treating every you know he's being an asshole and just kind of doing his I'm gonna steal batteries because that's what I do and I'm gonna you know and so it was nice then when Yondu was like you don't fool me no you don't <laughs> you're exactly like me I did the exact same thing as you I, I like and the wink he said he came again the wink oh shit am I doing the other eye. <laughs> <laughs> Man, they told me you were a bunch of douchebags. <laughs> the wink, wink, wink. I'm like, dude, seriously. That was it. Was just funny, man. But like I said, the dynamic of that whole group, the cast, the cast in general. They, and I mean, I gotta say another shout out uh, to a friend of mine, Terrence Rosemore. He was also yeah, he was one of the ravagers. Ravagers in the movie. You know, he had his man. He was pretty good. He, no, he did his thing. Yeah. If you want to know which one he is, at that point when they put the one guy out the airlock. That's right. And then they showed, like, the guys on the inside, like, making faces at him. And he was the, making a... F- the dude right in the middle with his face <laughs> pressed against the glass. That's Terrence. That's Terrence. And his thumb in his mouth when Groot was trying to go get the um the, the fin. Terrence also had a thumb oh, yeah, in his he, mouth. Yeah, he had his thumb in his mouth. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, shout out to Terrence Rosemore. Um, check out his um Twitter page. Ter- um, Terrence Rosemore, actor one, and uh, but he did a great job, man. The whole even Sylvester Stallone, the short time he had it, man. I didn't know he was going to play it. He played Starhawk, right? And for those who don't know, Starhawk was one of the original Guardians in the books. 
you know, along with Charlie 27 and more people like that. And he made an appearance. And I was thinking to myself, and I, he said the name, but I never got the name. But then I saw his outfit. And you saw the yellow um, rings around his um, shoulders. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's Starhawk. And I, I think I whispered that to you. Yeah, I think so. And I'm like, damn. And it was kind of cool to do an homage to the original um, group. Right, the book. He's, yeah, he's th- <clears throat> he's trying to throw them in there, you know, even though they're not going to ever be Guardians of the Galaxy, no. probably. He made them Ravagers, but he threw every, all the original Guardians into the movie in, um, you know, a manner. Right. So. And it, that was kind of cool to see that, too. And also, it's just the fact that people think it's very funny, the names that the Ravagers had. They are actually in the book. Taser Face is in <laughs> Taser the book. Taser Face, yes. It's in the book. <laughs> It strikes fear. I like it. <laughs> metaphorical. <laughs> metaphorical. Yeah. yeah. Because it does strike fear into people. <laughs> so there are actual names in the book. It's crazy, dude. It's just and people say Taserface. What was his name? Could have been Scrotum Neck. What was your second choice? Scrotum Neck. <laughs> So yeah, it was just the the whole the people in there were just hilarious, man. It's just it was the right kind of humor at the right time, with a little bit of emotions in there, which I think Marvel has done a great job of doing with their movies. Yeah, they including with Guardians, man. Well, I mean, they're good with they're good with all of their characters, um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, and I mean, I you can't really talk about this movie in terms of characters without talking about Yondu. Yeah. I mean, Yondu is kind of, you know, a fun character in the first movie, but, I mean, he was kind of the centerpiece of this movie. And you see layers in this movie right here. They kind of peel the layers of his character, you know. In the first movie, he he was fun to watch and everything, but in this movie here, you see more of who Yondu really is. Right. You know, and and I really enjoyed that. And, And James... James Gunn has has done an excellent job with that character. Yes, you know, his, you know, Michael Rooker and is Michael, his best yeah, well, well, yeah, and Michael Rooker, I mean, really did a, a great job with that character. And I mean, I just actually read recently that um, that James Gunn had been hesitating as to whether he was going to direct the third movie, and the reason why is because. He didn't want to do a movie without Michael Rooker. Because they are best friends. They're very close friends, yeah. and he's and Michael Rooker has been in all of his movies. That's true to date. And so in this case, he, you know, he had when he was writing the script for the second one, he was he tried a couple other endings where Yondu didn't die, but none of them really felt true, and so he had to like go with you know what felt right. And I agree with that. I I thought I thought the movie worked incredibly well because they were willing to sacrifice him you know it gave his character a lot more gravitas it you know made him a lot more beloved um and i would have felt that it was cheap if he didn't yeah given given you know given the way the story was going there at the end yeah if they had suddenly (laughs) saved him at the last minute i would have been a cop out and it probably would have been a lesser movie for it yeah you know marvel has this thing now that most of the heroes do not die Right. And now this makes a point. Yondu, he, he actually died. Yes. You know, we had a fake out back in uh, Winter Soldier with Nick Fury, the fake out. We've had a lot of fake out. Damn, Agent <laughs> Coulson, fake out. 
Right. You know, but oh, Quicksilver actually died. I'm sorry, that's two. Winter, so, uh, the Winter Soldier, Bucky, Bucky, fake out, fake out. But you know, as a comic book fan, I knew that was not right. Loki. Know. There was a fake out in oh. Thor Ragnarok. So actually, if you do the counting of the actual death deaths, is Yondu and Quicksilver. Quicksilver. That's about it. Yeah. That's it. That event that are permanent. Yeah, uh, permanent. Right. So I mean, they might get some more killings in um, Infinity War. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Sound a little too anxious for that, there, buddy. I don't know, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, there probably have to be some sort there of. Got to be some casualties. Yeah, some man. casualties. Some fatalities. Yeah. I mean, um, if you really want it to be to feel real. Yeah, because you got to understand, you're going up against the Mad Titan. You're going against Thanos. Right. You know? If they are going to stay right, and if he's supposed to be this powerful guy that you know that they've been building up for all these movies, then. If everybody gets away, you know, scratch-free, I don't know. It seems like he didn't build it up properly. That's what I'm saying. So, you know, he, he is a character that worships death. I mean, the embodiment of death. I mean, actual being. An actual being, being that death, death is in love with death. In love death. with death. <laughs> so, which brings the point of Hela. Right. Um, and Thor. And she's also in in, in Miss, what is it? As Guardian mythology, she runs that hell, the underworld, the yeah. underworld hell. So, who knows? But uh, I got a story to say, man. It, this is funny. Um, recently, I I looked online. I read <laughs> it's funny. All right, this man from Texas went on a date. You know, on uh, a date I, online. You heard about this, I know right? Which one you're gonna yeah, no. <laughs> Online dating service, whatever. He, this is the first time meeting this one. So they go see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And um, this woman here, in the movie theater, which I hate, man, texting, texting and on the phone while they're on the date. And he's not happy. Now, if if it was me, I'm ready. This is my first time seeing this movie. I'm ready to see this movie. The most anticipated movie of the summer. I want to go see this movie. Then you got this woman over here. On the phone, you're not supposed to be on your phone while the movie is going on anyway. Plus, right. the fact it's a distraction to the person behind you or in front of you or inside of you. Was it was it the first time we went to the movie when uh, the, they had that thing that was up for like five minutes saying, "Please turn off your cell phone now. We'll wait." Rogue One. They're wait. No, I mean, but just the other day when we were in the theater. Oh, we did! We were waiting, and then as soon as that thing ended, you heard someone's phone go off, and I was like, really? They just this warned me. Yeah, so <laughs> they yeah. said it out loud. I think they heard So, me. yeah, this is crazy, man. So, <laughs> we were look- just waiting five minutes so you could turn that thing off. So Way to pay attention. Yo, this is how serious this thing is with this man. He is suing this woman for yeah, $17.31. But you know what's better, though? James Gunn went on the Twitter. <laughs> and you heard about this, right? Uh-huh. She said she needs jail time. Jail time. <laughs> that's like, wow, jail time. Uh, that's, I can understand being ticked off about it, but yeah, suing maybe a little, a little bit too, too, much. too much. Yeah, right. so that's a little side bar right there, a little side story. But yeah, if you text during a movie, uh, you ain't getting a second date. Especially if you're texting during any Guardians of the Galaxy, Galaxy movie, you know, you may as well just leave right there. Seriously, man. Like, this date ain't going anywhere after that. <laughs> Yeah, if if I had someone, if I was going on a date and someone, like, could you please stop and put yeah, it away? Yeah. If not, I'm I'm gonna leave you right yeah. there. I'm gonna go yeah, down the sit somewhere else. else. Yeah, so <laughs> and the date is done. Yes. So yeah, that was I find I find that kind of funny, dude. I mean, seriously. All right, yeah. back to um, Guardians. 
Now, what did you think about them casting Kurt Russell as Ego? Oh, I thought he did a great job. I love Kurt Russell. I've always liked him. He's a he's a he's a great actor. Yeah, he is. But man. yeah, but I mean, I think he's a good choice because he's always just kind of been that charming <laughs> rogue. You know, it's like you're not going to get a Harrison Ford type guy. You know, Kurt Russell's a good that is know, so true. Good you're option right. as well. He's got he he's got some got, nice hair, man. For the, he's got some fabulous <laughs> hair in this movie. Yes, he does. He really does. <laughs> like man, for his age, he got some fabulous hair. I mean, he got all his hair. To be honest with you. Yeah. So yeah, I thought that was a great. Well. James Gunn said he didn't want to use Jason Spartitz from the book. Right. You know. Jason. Yeah, Jason. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so he didn't want to use that character. So, I, you know, the legal stuff, you know, they had to go to Fox, whatever. And they use Ego, the living planet. And then when I heard that news, I'm like, what? Ego, the living planet? How in the hell? It's so funny. I thought about it. But it, it's a <laughs> it was a scene in, in the movie with Drax. Talk about ego, his penis. He said, "How, how do you, <laughs> like, you crush?" Wait, no, he's like, he's, yeah, yeah, exactly. You're, you're gonna crush them. Your planet. All right. But actually, I was thinking about that earlier. You know, there's that whole scene where he's explaining to uh, where ego's explaining yeah. to Peter about how he, you know, he basically mated made with all sorts of like you know alien yeah. life forms or whatever yeah. to try and find the perfect progeny that could carry on his. Celestial legacy, the light, yeah, right. Um, what I found funny, I was thinking of is I was like, well, now we know where Peter gets it, where he doesn't care who he hooks up with. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. In the first movie, he's already, he's hooking up with like any alien chick. He don't fall far. He's, he's like, like yeah, his exactly. pops. He's like the Captain Kirk of the, <laughs> the MCU. <laughs> but now we know where he gets it. He's it's, always flirting, though. That's it, the thing. It's genetic, yeah. yeah, genetic. He's always flirting. In the beginning of the movie, he was oh, yeah, flirting with the, the, uh, the, the high priestess. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, come on, dude. I would be honored. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I thought that was it was it was done pretty well, man. I like the way they did the shot of the living planet when they had his face on the planet. Uh, yeah. That was kind of cool. I'm like, wow, they did that. Mm-hmm. You know, because in the book he gets he got a, a goatee and a face on a planet. So I thought that was done pretty well, man. And some people had problems, but me, I didn't have a problem with that. You know, I, I, I was trying to get how were they going to make that happen, a planet. But then again, they explained that he had yeah, like... Yeah, they made, a, <clears throat> they made a perfect explanation for it. Yeah, which made, made sense for the movie, but no. In real life, not. But yeah, it made sense in the movie. The only thing, I found, the only thing I found funny about that was that it's uh, when he finally decided after he had created the entire planet. Because he started as a brain. Right. And then just kind of, you know, learned how to build... You know, layers and layers for the layers planet. on himself, and actually created a planet. And then he decided he wanted to explore the galaxy, so he created himself in human form. Right. If he started out in the middle of nowhere, like <laughs> you know, in emptiness, is what he said, and then he just kind of learned to build from there. How did he know exactly what a human looked like? That is so true. Because he's like, I decided to do, you know, like what I thought a human looked like, and. But he got it perfect. Yeah, he got it on the first time. But it didn't sound like he'd ever met one. That is so true. (laughs) So how did he know what they looked like? That is so true. I found that kind of funny. But that was just kind of a little... That's your thinking. Well, yeah, that's just kind of, you know, don't think too closely at that one. um. Yeah, but it was kind of cool. They made him a celestial. um, But I don't think he's not a celestial in the book. But I I find that very amazing that they... Now it's the second movie they talked about those beings. You know, the first one they talked right. about them because of the Infinity Stones, not gems, but stones. So I find that very interesting, too. 
And another thing... Right. Well, and then it also, it, it had this nice, um, it, you know, it came back to the first one. That's right. And that now it explained why it was that Peter could hold the, uh, Infinity, Stone. the Infinity Stone without dying like he did. Uh, because he's basically, at that point in time, he was immortal. He was. Because as long as Ego was still alive and he had the light in him... Peter was technically immortal as well. So right. it explained that and you know made it like a nice interesting little plot point in the second movie. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, but I really like I said this movie here um is one of my top movies. I have not put what number yet, but the volume 2 was in one of my movies. I don't know, I can't say 5 or 10 yet. I got to <laughs> I got to think about it. There's so many movies I've been watching over the years, including Marvel movies. Right. I mean, what about you? Well, you haven't. You, you said you haven't put one. Out, you haven't put it out there yet, so you don't know where it ranks. Well, where are we talking? Just Marvel movies? Yeah, Marvel movies, not just. If it's movie. just Marvel movies, I would probably put it in the top five. Right. Um, you know, I don't know if I'd put it ahead of <clears throat> the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Probably not. Right. But it's definitely up there. Um. I was talking earlier, you know, before we like move on or close up or whatever it is we're doing. I was talking earlier about the music, right? And the music <clears throat> in both of the movies, the way James Gunn has done it, it's kind of taken us on this whole journey. If you've looked at it, because it started out, the music was the Awesome Mix Volume One, right? Which was a mixtape created by his Peter's mother's mother that she gave to him, and then. She also gave him a present, which we find out at the end is Awesome Mix Volume 2. But throughout the entire first movie, he's always listening to the music on his Walkman through his earphones. So he's keeping it to himself. Right. He shares it a little bit with Gamora um, when they're on um, Nowhere. Um, But for the most part, he's always keeping it to himself, and that's his connection to his mother. Right. And then at the end of the first movie, he starts playing it on like... The, the big boombox yeah, in the, the tape thing, deck. and sharing it with now all of his friends who are becoming his their new you know a family and throughout the course of the second movie you see all of them are listening to it and they're all like you know like Rocket at the beginning is trying yeah. to set up the stereo so that they can listen to music while they're fighting the beast and you know uh, Groot always wants to listen to music and then even when Rocket and Yondu are escaping from the ravages That's ship right. Rocket says hey do you happen to have any of you know um Peter's old music and so they play it over the loudspeaker and you know and then at the end of course with, with the Zoom he's Peter's sharing it with Groot and so they're both listening to it at the same time in the, the, so we've seen we've kind of seen it as something he kept to himself that was just him and it was his connection to his mother and then it started to become something he shared with his friends who then became his family that's right and then we actually saw um <clears throat> You know, even Ego, because Ego had dated his mother, knew about all these songs, so he had a connection there. But then Ego took his Walkman and destroyed it. Yes, right. Yeah, I remember that. And at the same time revealed that he gave his mother cancer. So it's also kind of funny because, or not funny, but um, it's played as like a joke where Peter is like, you, you know, when they're fighting at the end, when he takes on Ego, and he's like, you killed my mother and destroyed my Walkman. And you kind of like joke, you know, you kind of laugh like, ha ha ha. You know, he, he puts the two on equal footing, right. but he does. 
So it's both funny, but it's also true, is that because by destroying that, he destroyed his connection to with his, his mother. mother. Right. But at the same time, he now has a family that's replaced the family he left behind or that he lost in the past. Right. So that's why, you know, it's sharing the music. And so I thought that was kind of, you know... That's a good point. It's not completely subtle, but it's a little subtle as well if you don't look at it closely enough. So, you know, I did find that... I did find that kind of neat the way James Gunn has used music throughout the entire course of the two movies. But you know what, though? Music music does a lot... Excuse me. Does a lot for people. Yes. It connects people. It gives you memories of times that you have with the people that you love, the people you hang out with, and stuff like that. And I see what you're saying, how it connects with his mother, the connection he had with his mother, and now the connection with his family, like his now family. Like you said, like the when, when Yandu was getting out and <laughs> the Ravagers, they played that song. Right. You know, in the beginning, Rocky hooking up the speakers, he's playing the song. So you now you can see the connection with his new family. You know, so I, I, I see what you're saying. You know, it's another thing I got to say too, man. That I found very funny and very lighthearted was Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> Throughout, it, people had this theory, this fan theory, that Stanley was actually like a watcher. Watcher, a watcher yeah. You now, for those who don't know, the Watchers are like alien beings that watch major events happen in the comic books, the Marvel Universe. You know, so they watch, but they do not intervene. But some, but some <laughs> they're not supposed, supposed to, intervene, to intervene. But we've seen them do it all. Yeah, it happens. So it's one particular one that does it all the time. So, but it was kind of funny, man. When in the movie, when they was jumping gates, and you see Stanley talking to the Watchers, you say, "Yeah, I was a FedEx." Guy. Like, wow. Yeah. And you know, it kind of made sense in all these Marvel films, and he always there as just just there. Either he's a watcher or he's an inform- informant for the watchers. Right. So I found that part kind of funny. Yeah. Apparently James Gunn had seen that fan theory online yeah. and kind of ran with it. And that's why it's in the movie like that. Although he did admit that he made a mistake. Because technically that FedEx thing shouldn't have happened yet. If you Because Guardians oh, of the Galaxy yeah. 2 takes place right after the first one. That's right. So he didn't. <laughs> he yeah, he right. admitted he messed up to that. But it's still funny. It's still funny though. Uh-oh. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I find that I find that very funny. And like I said, they had all all the end credits. I mean, the mid credits and stuff. They had five of them, and and once again, the soundtrack, the music went well with the end credits, man. With each scene, it was so funny to hear David David Hasselhoff, yeah, David Hasselhoff singing the song, singing the song "Guardians Inferno." Right. And I find, I played in the car, man. I find it so funny, dude. <laughs> you know, David Hasselhoff. Well, I mean, and he plays a—he actually plays a role in the movie, right? And that, you know that Peter Quill, because he never knew his dad, he always would tell kid, you know, his, you know, the kids at school that you know his dad was just overseas, and that his dad was David Hasselhoff, and yeah. he had a picture of him in his wallet and everything. So, you know, and then of course that comes to play, you know, at the end is that you know when he, you know, I think I think it's a great movie, you know, like. Um, Especially for people, for kids who, you know, maybe come from uh, broken homes or were adopted or, you know, just, you know, in divorced families and then they have a step parent or something like that that takes over the role of, you know, father. And I thought it was very touching and really well done with the whole Yandu versus ego, ego thing. 
because you had um, you had ego coming in and saying, you know, I'm your father, Peter, and then trying to get him to to you know to join him and do whatever. But then as it goes along, you start to realize that Yandu was not really his biological father like ego was. But he was he was his dad, and he said it's he, a, he was your father, right? Yeah, he was, was not he was your, your dad. father, but he was never your, your dad. Daddy. Yeah, and daddy. exactly because Yandu was the one who raised him, who taught him things, who you know, and and even though he used the bluff because he was like you know he's like Rocket, where he like makes he keeps everybody an arm length and used an excuse like oh yeah I just kept you because you're good at thieving because you were small and you could get into tiny spaces, but. He, you know, he had actually found out what um, Ego was doing with his children. And so he decided to keep Peter and he raised him himself. And as we've seen over the course of the two movies and what caused the, his Ravager crew to mutiny on him was because he was always soft on Peter. And it was because he treated him like a son. That's, you know, and I thought that was great the way that that whole thing was built. And, you know, that was part of that crescendo of emotions at the end where it's like, you know, Yandu came and saved him from his actual biological father and did the right thing because that's what dads do. That's true. You know, and I, I thought that was beautifully done. I, well well spoken, uh, Trevor. Thank you. Yeah, I like that. So, I like that. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that one right there. So, you got anything else to say about Guardians of the Galaxy before I wrap it up? I probably have a lot of things to say about it. But, you know, obviously we haven't talked about how adorable Groot is. Well, of course, um, he's always adorable, man. Come so, on. Yeah, he's very adorable in this one. You know, I just, I loved all the little, you know, <laughs> like when he first shows up at the beginning and he's like pushing whatever that little creature is. And he's like, and Rocket's like, he did not look at you funny. Knock it off. <laughs> I am Groot. And then when they're trying to get him to like bring the, the, fan, the prototype the fan, fan. Yeah. Oh, that was and hilarious. And then he just keeps bringing like all this other crap. He said, is that a toe? <laughs> well, we're, we're just going to pretend this never. <laughs> you guys keep toes on ice? No. <laughs> yeah, he was adorable, man. He's, I mean, then it was so funny that, that at the end they showed him um, adolescent group. Oh, yeah. That was, that's one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie. Yeah, yeah. one of the... One of the closing credits is Adeline and Groot. He's like, I don't Groot. I'm Groot. Yeah. <laughs> like, his voice is cracking. Yo, Vin Diesel has did an excellent job with that voice, it, yeah. man. With that Groot. Like, I am Groot. Like, yeah. You know, his little snotty, Smug, yeah. snotty teenager attitude. I am Groot. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was funny, man. But like, that does raise a point. Did you notice that in that scene, when he's like, I am Groot, Peter is like, oh, I'm boring? You think I'm boring? Peter, I didn't know how he was saying. Peter know what he was saying. Rocket's the only one who's been able to interpret what he says so far. Okay, so that's, that's interesting. That's true. That's so true. That's, I hope that touch on another movie, the next yeah. movie. So, yeah, like I said, I really, really enjoy this movie. Like I said, I went to see it twice. Trevor went to see it twice. So, if you have not seen this movie, we recommend you see this movie. I get, <clears throat> I give it. <clears throat> excuse me, got something in my throat. <laughs> Um, so I really, really recommend you go check this movie out. Right now, it's still number one in the box office. And um, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Anything you got to say on that one, Trevor? No, i definitely watch it. I, I loved it. I thought it was great. So you know, Cool. If you liked the first one, you should like this one almost as much, if not the same. All right. Now, 
on to my pick of the week comic book. This book is named Zom Ben. A zombie. This kid's name is Ben, and he's a zombie. Called, it's called Zom Ben. You know, everybody like the Walking Dead and all this and everything. So I decided to pick something different. This book is made by um, Titan One Studios. And um, it's for all ages, but when I'm looking at it, <clears throat> you, I was, are you sure it's all ages? And I was looking through the pages, man, and I'm like, okay. And the story is this. Now, you heard about the apocalypse, right? This thing was called the what? The multi-apocalypse. multi-apocalypse. So in other words, you had more than zombies coming. You had aliens, monsters. So you had a whole lot of things going on in this book. It, they never showed it in the book, but in the beginning, they introduced the character and they say the reason why the things that are the things, the reason why the things they are today is because of the multi-apocalypse, whatever. So I kind of recommend checking this book out. Um, it's, 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 it's a fun book to read. The art is pretty good and it's written by, um, let's see. It's written by Hannah. Mike Hennigan. Mike Hennigan and Abel. The art is about Abel Cicero. And I'm saying that right? I Make, believe so. Yeah, Abel Cicero. Yeah. <laughs> so I can, I recommend that book. Uh, like I said, this I'm going to stop doing this more. Um, my book of the week. Or I might say comic books of the week. You know, because we got a lot of things going on in the next couple of weeks. You know, for all Marvel and DC right now. But this right here is from an independent studio. Titan One Studio. I highly recommend checking this book out. It's called Zomben. And that's it for um, just being in the podcast. Trevor, how can people get in contact with you? Probably my Twitter account, um, which is at Toshiro No Ronin. All right, cool. And also, you could check out my um, Instagram account, my Twitter account, at Just Being Amos. And also, you could check out my, um, <clears throat> excuse me www.justbeingamers.com and you also can check out my podcast on SoundCloud and also iTunes so uh, if you want any all geeky nerdy stuff movies comic books all that stuff that's the place to go check it out so that's it for um, this episode I hope you guys enjoy peace Just being in this.